Why is everything in Europe so tiny? There's our pizza. Give it to us. Our marriage is the most precious thing in the world to us. That was the most expensive bottle of champagne That's we've right, ever exactly. bought. And it was <laughs> so bad. It was disgusting. You're listening to Let's Get Naughty. A podcast for real talk and honest conversations about all things relationships and marriage. The good, the bad, and the naughty. Whether you're already married, almost married, or wanting to get married, we're here to help you build a solid foundation for a love that lasts. Let's get naughty, y'all. Hi, y'all. Welcome back to the Let's Get Naughty podcast. Back for another episode. We we took a little break from recording. We We took a break from recording not posting you guys have heard episodes from us because we we prepared but we did take a break yeah we were gone for three weeks three whole weeks well just shy of three weeks we just got back from three weeks in europe celebrating our anniversary our sixth anniversary technically this was supposed to be our fifth anniversary trip but it was a year late (laughs) yeah yeah and it was also over my birthday and so you're dirty 30 dirty 30 Do you feel so old? I'm so old, guys. But that just feels like such a big jump in life. You were, I feel like before you you turned 30, you were literally having a mild identity crisis. Like you were panicking about turning 30. But as soon as you turn 30, you're like loving it. Yeah, I I think uh, realizing (laughs) 30 was coming, I was like, my life is over. (laughs) I've I've already lived my best years, but. No, our best years are definitely ahead of us. I'm very excited. 30 sound fun. Yeah, I feel like our 30s are going to be so good. I can't wait to spend them with you. Yeah, it's going to be great. (laughs) So why did we go on this big trip? Yeah, so we figured we'd honestly have an episode where we talked about our trip and not just to tell you stories, although we will do that. We have plenty of stories to tell from this wild adventure we went on, but also just to take a chance to talk about why we took this trip for our marriage Um, what this meant for our marriage, why we value this, and kind of how we came to have this as a rhythm. We mentioned this in episode three with Jess and Chandler when they were talking about their naughty list. We kind of mentioned that this is something we've done our whole marriage. Before we even got married, we made a promise to each other. Do you remember what it was? Yeah, that we were going to go have some experiences. Yeah, so... One thing I funny thing about me, I am a giver like to the max. I give all of myself to the people I love, but gift giving like stresses me out. I get I I get actual gift anxiety. So early on in our relationship, we were like exchanging Valentine's Day gifts and birthday gifts and Christmas gifts, and we kind of realized, especially <laughs> as we got married and we were really broke and trying to merge our finances. Something we said was like, hey, let's take the pressure off getting each other gifts. And we made a promise to each other. We wouldn't exchange gifts. um, And instead, we would take a trip every year. Yeah. So we, rather than do physical gifts, we wanted to have experiences together. Yeah. Create memories. Um, I think the first kind of kickoff for us was really our honeymoon. Sure. When we went to Greece and Italy. Um, we had a very, I would say, a non-traditional honeymoon. Oh, very non-traditional. We didn't go sit on a beach somewhere, <laughs> which is very fun. We but... didn't go to like an all-inclusive place or get like champagne upgrades because we were on our honeymoon. <laughs> yeah, we just like were traveling super cheap we backpacked across. really cheap across 
Greece and Italy. And yeah. It was incredible. So yeah, to preface, like coming into our marriage, I had traveled a lot when I was before I married you and you hadn't been abroad before. So it was kind of like travel has always been. I've been to Mexico. Okay. Sorry. You've been to Mexico. <laughs> yeah. Cause you lived like 30 minutes from Mexico. Yeah. <laughs> um, Cashner grew up in San Diego, if you didn't know that, but I did feel a little bit coming into our marriage, like travel was such a high priority to me and treasure in my heart and like peace of my heart. And you hadn't really experienced that. And so I don't know. I just, it was something I really wanted to share with you. And that's why I think our honeymoon was so special. I was so glad to have that experience. And we, we told each other that we would take a trip every year and let's preface by saying this is not like we go on a three week European adventure every year. We haven't got, been to Europe since our our honeymoon, which was six years ago. Yes. Holy smokes. I, I like, I, I knew that, six but I still can't believe time. it. Like yeah. six years. What the heck? So, um, some iterations of this have been, let me see. I think our first anniversary, what did we do for our first anniversary? I don't know. I don't remember. <laughs> but I know one year we went to San Antonio for two nights. Yeah, we've gone to San Antonio. We um, went to Oklahoma City. Oklahoma City. Um we've both done of a these staycation. are like Yeah, both of these are like a few hour drive from us here in Fort Worth. Um we stayed two nights in an Airbnb for each spot. Um last year, yeah, last year we just did a staycation in Dallas. We stayed at a fun hotel for a night with my hotel points so we didn't even pay anything for it because we're so cheap um but all of those were from that place of like we just want to prioritize time together I will say I feel like we've traveled a lot more than that but a lot of times it's like with family or for weddings and it's never the same as when we like just the two of us get away and enjoy time together. So even just a night in a staycation last year, I feel like we felt so refreshed and restored from just that night together. Yeah. I think when we have purpose and we get away together, um, especially just in a new place or a new experience for us, we always enjoy. Oh my gosh. How could I forget last year, our anniversary? Oh wait, was it last year or two years ago now? No, it was two years ago, 2020. Last okay, duh. I just said last year we went to Dallas. Two years ago we went to Mexico. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's a this whole was, episode. That's a whole episode. Y'all will have to let us know if you want to hear how we ended up in a hospital in, at two in the morning in Mexico, getting a wound cleaned on a part of Cashmere's body. <laughs> There's literally a fifty-fifty chance of me living and dying. Oh yeah (laughs) i feel like it's we have to save that because it's its whole own story but that's one example of us trying to do an adventure trip that did not turn out so well um but all this to say like this is a, a decision we made before we even got married that this is something we would prioritize so let's talk about why we've chosen to prioritize this with our time and with our finances. It, it really is something we've prioritized and something we've also seen that we enjoy. Yeah. Um, I think Molly loves to travel more than anything and to see things. And just for me, I think it's been a lot of the sense of adventure. Yeah. And doing sure. that with you. And so for me, you know, 
like I, Europe's really cool or things like that, but it, it's been that adventure we can share. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For you, it's less about like where we are and more of just like the fact that we're adventuring. Mm-hmm. And I really enjoy Europe. I like the food. I like the culture. I like the architecture. I like the history. Yeah. And you're like, let's just go to Brazil and. Yeah, like when we go, it's like Molly does a whole Google map for us of like all here's all the restaurants to go see and all the things to go do. Yeah, y'all, I'm like a professional travel planner at this point. And we like a lot of people do a lot of tours there. But for me, like, again, this is adventure time. This isn't tour time. I I can't be stuck following someone like holding up an umbrella. Yeah, we did one single tour on this trip, this three week trip. We did one single tour. It was at the Roman Coliseum and the Roman Forum. Yeah, which was pretty cool. Which there, was cool. So much history. But it was there. a three-hour tour, and I think by the end we were both like so bored. Yeah, because <laughs> we're just like on our trips, we are so active. Yeah. we are like moving and grooving. It's like and a tre- it's like a treasure hunt because like yeah. you give me a map, yep. we have no Wi-Fi, yep. and so I'm like, all right, well, like how the heck do I get over here yep. and here, and how do we see like 50 million things that Molly wants to see all <laughs> at the same time, and so. Yeah. So we'll get we'll get into some of that. But I mean, I we've kind of already mentioned some of the reasons why we prioritize this. But again, this is a choice we made to prioritize because number one, like basically most of our favorite memories together are from these adventures, like naturally. I mean, of course. Yeah, definitely some of our favorite stories, some of our favorite memories have come from these stories. Yeah. Or just like yeah creating sweet memories but also like I think for us a big piece of it like you just said I think we've learned that we connect really well through that sense of adventure and experiencing new things together I think regardless of who you are in fact I know that there have been research studies shown I should have looked this up before we recorded this that it is a really bonding experience to experience new things together. And so I think that's part of what travel does for us. It gets us out of our routine lives and we go experience something new and it is a super bonding experience. That is why travel is a high priority for us because that's what it does for both of us. And then also, I feel like a huge piece of this is probably kind of obvious, but it's that like when we get away from the world and we turn off our lives, we get away from responsibilities at home, work, social lives, the internet, and we're just really present with each other. It is so helpful for us to like reset our minds. I think too, it kind of serves as our own little like retreat every year to just, even if we don't do a super structured assessment, we find ourselves just reflecting on like, our marriage and our lives and the last year and what we're looking forward to the next year and how we want to improve our marriage and just kind of naturally caked in when we're like really present and just enjoying each other, you know? Yeah. And I think we're pretty intentional in that. I think one of the first things that I love that we did is we didn't buy cell phone plans for being in Europe. So um, we had no cell reception. We couldn't make calls, (laughs) Uh, which at moments was very frustrating yeah and that can stressful. be very frustrating sometimes it, like where the heck am i yes. what's going on there How do were, I make this train that yes. i need to be on yes there were plenty of moments where it added more stress but we decided that like the the pros of it which was like being disconnected not being reachable not having that distraction far outweighed those momentary stressors when we 
honestly, whenever that happened, we just had to go to find a cafe, buy an espresso, and use their Wi-Fi, and then we'd figure it out. We'd figure it out. Yeah. So, yeah, that's one of the. That's definitely a big thing. Um, obviously, when we're not tra- traveling abroad, that doesn't happen. Like we still have cell service, but yeah, we still course. make an effort to like put our phones away. It's a lot easier to do when your phone is literally on airplane mode for three weeks. Yeah, it, it really just shows you how like connected we are to our phones, and that's yeah. so obvious. But it's really great to get away from that. Totally. And for me, another great thing was just to really try and work the least amount possible. Yeah, um, I was so proud of how little you worked. Yeah, I I like worked on a few things and just like monitored to make sure nothing was burning down. But yeah. Um, well, and to be fair, you put in a ton of work before we left so that you could do that. Yeah. And we have so much stress in our lives. Yeah. Americans live very stressful yes. lives. And getting away from that really does, like, you don't realize how much stress can be a blocker in your yes. relationship. Like mental stress. Yes. I think we both saw that. Totally. And like, I feel, <laughs> I mean, we all know if we've heard me on the internet at all. I'm like huge on rituals and routines and stress management. I feel like I'm pretty good at managing my stress and I live a very blessed life, but there's still just such a load of mental stress that comes with our daily lives. I was shocked at how much I just felt freer, like stepping away from it. You know, it's not even just the work. It's just like even the mental load of like, I'm not having to think about like if I clean the kitchen when I'm laying in bed at night or, you know, like it just, it just naturally leads to more presence with each other because it did. It really made me realize that my mental stressors are such a barrier to my intimacy with you and connection with you because when we take that away, it's so much easier and more natural to just like have that connection. Yeah, totally. And I think, I think that was probably more than any other trip things that I really noticed on this trip was yeah. the how much stress affects us. Yeah. Yeah. Cause we felt so like free and mm-hmm. I hear a lot of people say like, my life is so stressful. I just want to go lay on a beach and drink pina coladas and like do nothing for seven days. And for you and I, that is kind of like a nightmare because <laughs> like, we are more adventurous people. But I, I think that because we live such busy, chaotic lives, we think we want nothing Nothing. but really we feel so much more refreshed and restored with the adventure like like our trip was not relaxing (laughs) yeah there there are some stressful moments well i just mean like people's idea of like a relaxing vacation like there were like two days where we kind of chilled on a beach like most of the trip we literally walked like twenty thousand steps and we just were like adventuring all day right yeah and yeah, we we basically were like solving a puzzle every day with like our maps and doing everything ourselves. And it was not relaxing, but it was so refreshing and restorative. Mm-hmm. And so I think it helped that helps me see, OK, it's not just like physical stress. It's not just that I'm like I need to lay lay on a beach with nothing to do. It's like it's that mental stress that when you take that away, like you can be active and adventurous and like do all these things and feel really restored. Yeah. I feel like we've, we've continued to learn stuff about how, how we refresh and how we connect. And um, I think it's just so important for couples to start to understand and to learn is 
what does this look like for you guys? Like what, what are some of those keys? Because it can be really helpful in your relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Like knowing, you know, again, (laughs) you don't always get to take a three week trip in Europe, but like knowing what helps you restore, even like we've learned that going on hikes together, like taking a day trip to drive somewhere cool and go on a hike and have a picnic, like be active and adventurous. Like that is really bonding and restorative for us just in our personality. So knowing those rhythms and being able to bake those in is really helpful. Look, y'all, with divorce rates near 50%, there is no question getting married is one of the biggest decisions you'll ever make. That is why we created Ready to Not, our premarital course to help you build a solid foundation for a lasting marriage. You'll take the world's leading relationship assessment, get a personalized report on the strengths and growth areas of your relationship, and watch lessons where we help you understand your results and give you tools and exercises to grow in nine different areas. This is designed to give you structure to have the important conversations you need to have and to get clear on your expectations in everything from finances to family, conflict, sex, roles, faith, and so much more. Research has proven that investing your time in a course like this will increase your marriage success rate by 30%. Don't just prepare for your wedding day. Invest time preparing for the lifelong marriage that will follow it. And if you're already married, can we just say that this would make an amazing wedding gift? With Ready to Not, we'll help you move into marriage with clarity and confidence. And a special discount just for Let's Get Naughty listeners? Go to knottedmarriage.com slash ready to not and use code LGK. 25 for 25 dollars off that's knottedmarriage.com slash r-e-a-d-y-t-o-k-n-o-t and use code l-g-k-25 for 25 dollars off now back to the episode and a really big part of us just going on this trip was the planning that we put into it Mm -hmm. not not just like planning to go there but we prioritized this financially together yeah as we set up our budget really over the last few years, we've yeah. been saving, saving towards a Europe trip, trip mm-hmm. and towards our annual trip. And that that means making sacrifices. Right. I think it's so important to note that like this, as we said, is a priority to us. And not only did we prioritize that with our time, but also with our finances and with mm-hmm. our budget. And we just know like our marriage is the most precious thing in the world to us. It is a priority. So if we know that a yearly trip helps us connect and like it is a helpful thing for our marriage, like that matters a lot more than other stuff we could buy with our money. And that's one of the reasons why we don't buy each other gifts. Like that's not to say that we don't find ways in our budget to find things we need that oftentimes I think couples would give each other in gifts, you know, maybe like some sure, of that's still okay. there, but babe, we- I got you a vacuum. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think it's just worth noting that like, this is a priority to us. And so that you can see that reflected in our time and in, in our budget. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So should we tell some of the stories from this trip? I feel like we got to get in and, and tell some of the funny stories that happened on this trip. Oh my gosh. So I don't even know where to start. Should we, maybe we'll, okay. So <laughs> there's so much. Let's say we went, we flew into France. Well, we flew into Paris. Yes. We did, we, neither of us had ever been to France. So we did Paris and then we went down to 
the French Riviera. Uh, the French Riviera, the Côte d'Azur. I'm sure I did not say that right, but um, we stayed in Nice and did some stuff down there. Technically, we also went to a third country because we went to Monaco. Monaco. <laughs> and then we flew to Florence. Firenze. Firenze. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, so bad. <laughs> I'm so bad with languages. <laughs> and Molly's pretty good at it. Well, so. I'm terrible at French, but I've, I know enough Italian and like I... I know how to do the Italian like in inflections. And so I, <laughs> our whole trip, I was trying to teach Cash how to say things. And he's just, he already struggles with the English language. So he's like, I, I yeah, can't. Yeah, even... <laughs> I, I was a goner before we even got there. Yeah. But we, we did Florence. So from Florence, we also did a couple of day trips. Then we went to Positano, Positano on the Amalfi Coast, which is where we went on our honeymoon it was our favorite spot from our honeymoon and we always said we'd go back for our fifth anniversary Mm -hmm. so we were a year late but we did go back and then we flew out of rome so that gives you a an outline of where we were but molly will be posting some videos on her channel that's right if you want to watch the vlogs on my youtube channel we have all the magic captured and some of the hilarious moments for sure but not all of them not all of them so you guys are getting exclusive content here on the podcast because there were a lot of these stories that we did not capture on film the first of which let's talk about the disaster night disaster night like like so bad (laughs) so this was in our first stop in paris yep which we thoroughly enjoyed by the way yeah i think we enjoyed paris more than we expected to yeah paris was a great trip except for kind of (laughs) except for this part (laughs) this was this was our 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 final night yeah our final night we were leaving the next day yeah uh we had a train and so on our final night we we've been running around so much yeah i had like eight blisters on blisters on like one toe oh it was my gosh. it was like horrible yeah we literally i think we did like 14 or 15 miles that day and your blister was almost as big as your toe yeah and we literally like we were close to thirty thousand <laughs> steps by the end of that yeah. day and we went out to dinner and we decided to go back to the eiffel tower yeah, because the night before or two nights before, we had seen the Eiffel Tower at night, but we didn't see the light show because it only happens at the top of every hour. Yeah. So I was like, I want to see the light show. Molly's like, this is on my list. Like, we got to do this. So. And you're like, are you sure you can stay awake? I was like, yes, yeah. for the Eiffel Tower. Like, Molly's so weak and we're so tired. And <laughs> I, I say that you're weak with a lot of love. But it's okay. I know it's my weakness. <laughs> I'm a grandma. I fall asleep at like 830. Yeah. <laughs> And so, I mean, we we're already both exhausted at this we're point. We're so tired. So we we go eat, um, and we're we're at the Eiffel Tower, and we're just kind of waiting there for the light show to happen. And so we go on a quick walk, and there are a bunch of immigrants there that are trying to sell things. Right, and so a lot of them are selling like little trinkets. And, yeah, little like, trinkets, little souvenirs. Little Eiffel Towers, yeah. things like that. But at night, they sell champagne. They sell champagne. <laughs> and, you know, we we don't drink a lot. And we were over there trying to, like, drink wine and, <laughs> and do the things. And, you know, because we we're in Paris. And yeah. we're at the Eiffel Tower. And so we go and we do the classic, you know, you got to negotiate with them. 
And so he starts at like $35 and then we buy the bottle of wine for $15 a bottle of champagne. Yeah. And because we're like, you know what? We're here. Like, let's toast some champagne while we're watching the Eiffel Tower. Yeah. Like, we're let's like, do it. Why not? Like, yeah. we're here. Let's yeah. do this. And so we go, we take our bottle of champagne and we sit down and I'm like trying to open the bottle of champagne. Which is in the vlog, by the way. It's quite hilarious. And and I like try and open it like six times and I'm like, all right, here we go. (laughs) And I can't get this bottle of champagne to open, which is pretty hilarious. And so eventually I push it and I break the top of the champagne off. So the cork is like stuck in, in there. And so I'm like, well, this is a disaster. This is not uh, the experience. And so, of course, I got to fix the situation. So I pull out our apartment keys. Mm -hmm. And I'm in there like trying to dig this cork (laughs) out with these apartment keys. Um, And eventually we found someone that had a bottle opener like a little bit later. But, you know, I've been sitting there digging it. And so we open the bottle of wine or the the champagne. We finally get it open, and we both like go we to take a in sip. Paper cups, by yeah, the way, and like, like some paper clips, yeah. like super classy here, yeah. right in time for the light show. And we both like cheers, and we take a sip, <laughs> and we we were both like <laughs> the most disgusting champagne I've ever. It tasted. tasted like pee with some like fruit juice <laughs> in it. It was disgusting it was so gross we both did not consume more than that one so yeah. clearly it was like the cheapest champagne oh. in the history of the world because it was horrible it was so bad it was not worth it but we're like all right whatever like we'll laugh about it and then we sat there we watched the light show and it was beautiful and romantic and lovely but if you thought that was a 15 dollars sh- <laughs> bottle of champagne you would <laughs> you be are wrong, wrong. <laughs> because we went back to our apartment it's like all the way across the city we've you know it's like yeah it's like 30 or 40 minutes of metros and walking yeah and so we get back to the apartment and we reach back into my big backpack that i'm dragging around and we're like oh yeah like he should be here okay maybe it's here and then we're like you know did after we try to open that bottle of champagne did it ever get back in the backpack it did not so we left our airbnb apartment keys at the Eiffel Tower. And I mean, we thought about going back to try to find them, but we were like, there's no way. It's like a 40 minute ride transport back. Well, not just that. We we're like, there's no way they're still there. And there's no way they're still there. Yeah. Like there's. Oh, wait, this was after the selfie stick. This was the same night as the selfie stick. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. You lost our selfie stick <laughs> remote. Uh, remote. Yeah, thing. that's that's the whole thing. So basically it's irrelevant, except for the fact that we had spent like an hour before this whole fiasco searching for the selfie stick remote we, at the same yeah, spot in the right. Eiffel Tower. We like, like park backtrack like <laughs> a whole mile trying to find the selfie stick remote because we love that selfie stick. <laughs> yeah. It was like the best. So basically we're like, okay, there's just no way we're going back there and we're yeah. going to find it. So we had to tell our Airbnb <laughs> host and like a classic French man. He freaked out. He, he freaked not out. Pleased. And yeah, it was a whole thing. So basically that night it we had to wait on people. He was out of town, so we had to send someone. I think I think someone went like to his house to get his extra key and then drove it to us. So it was this whole thing. So we're like sitting in if you've ever been to Europe, you know what I'm talking about. Any apartment building in Europe is like this. You have to like um 
swipe fob in yeah fob a- in to the big door and then you have to like use your key to get into your apartment so we're sitting and they all are like this too they have light switches that go off after like a minute and so when you you know you fob in and then you click the light switch and then you go to your apartment but we're sitting there we had we had gotten in because someone had let us in but we were sitting there in the dark and all these french people are coming home and they're like startled by us just sitting there waiting to get into our apartment it's like close to midnight at this point I think I don't know it was a long night we're both so exhausted and then we had to deal with the whole fiasco of figuring out with our Airbnb host how much we had to pay to replace the key which was this whole own thing oh my gosh which dragged on for the whole trip which was not fun it's all okay we did pay to replace it we got to figure it out yeah we still loved our Airbnb experience at that place it was so great experience but I'm going to say that was the most expensive bottle of champagne That's we've right, ever exactly. bought. And it was <laughs> so bad. It was disgusting. Never again. Never again. So that was our final night in Paris. So the next morning, um, we still had a bunch of stuff we wanted to see on our list. We were leaving that night on a night train, which is, a, again, it's whole own adventure, <laughs> on a night train where basically you take a train overnight where you sleep it's if you've ever seen them they're like these tiny little sleeper cars there are six people sleeping in this little car yeah we were both at the top on the top yeah staring at each other it's crazy it was crazy with strangers we had a a german girl and a british guy and a french woman and i don't know where the other guy did not say a single word all right all we we just got to mention the the british guy was hilarious when he found out that we were from america and then from texas like he fell in love with us because he is like a huge American politics fan. Yes. He knew so much, like way more more than than we we did, did. like way more. And he was like very, very conservative (laughs) pro Trump. So fascinating. And it was just so fascinating to hear. And like, they hear we're from Texas. Like, do you own guns? And all, all all the things. That's the first question everyone asks. That's fascinating. Yeah. We, we had, it's so interesting it's very... to see like Europeans view of Americans in general, American politics, and then especially like Texans. But anyways, so this is our final morning in Paris. We had had that whole fiasco the night before. We knew we were leaving Paris at like 9 p.m. that night. So this is our final day to see Paris. We had booked a wine and cheese class in like the middle of the day, which was so much fun. It was amazing. But we're like trying to map out what we're going to do. We were trying to do laundry because we had this little washer in our apartment. It was this tiny mini washing machine in the kitchen, which was so cute. Why is everything in Europe so tiny and cute? Everything is so (laughs) tiny. And like Molly started laundry like early in the morning and we're like, okay, we'll be able to wash and dry this and then like go out on our day. Yeah, that was a mistake because the laundry took like three and a half hours and so then we're like we have wet clothes and so we were stressing about our sopping wet clothes and how we were going to dry them there's no dryer right and i yeah so i thought i thought that we were going to wash our clothes and like hang dry them while we were out all day and come back and it would be fine but that didn't happen so (laughs) it was the whole thing guys and we're trying to see everything on the list so this i would say the night before when you lost the keys, I was like, 
very gracious with you. Would you say that? You were very gracious. I was very gracious. I was like, it's okay. Mistakes happen. It's not your fault. Could have been me. It's fine. Um, the next day <laughs> was not pretty. We This was like our biggest conflict of the trip, which totally. we mentioned because I hear this all the time from people who say like travel and trips oftentimes bring up more arguments and stress for their marriage. And so I think part of that is the reason why we were fighting is because people have pictures in their mind of how they think these experiences are going to go. And when you have different ideas and then you're missing each other's expectations, it can like bring up more conflict because you're like, what the heck we're on this trip and this is how I thought it would go. And it's not going that way, which is why we, we were having conflict because we were stressed. Uh, we had this massive bill that was just sent to us yeah, to replace right. the entire lock at this old apartment. And I'm like, holy smokes, this is like more than the cost of us staying here for three nights. And, you know, we're drying. I'm like, how are we going to travel with wet clothes? We have all these things we need to see. And so we were not yeah. happy with each other. <laughs> we were not happy with each other. And so well, it was just like a lot of stress and... Yeah. And it was not pretty. I will take full ownership. And I did because I realized like, hey, this is my own fault. I'm letting the stress mostly of the fact that I have these things on my list that I still want to see that we didn't see. And I'm like blaming him in my head for why we're not seeing them, even though it's not his fault at all. And I'm I'm just I'm letting this pressure I'm putting on myself to be like, we need to do and see everything get in the way of just like, making the best of that day with you and enjoying those moments with you. And it was causing conflict, which was doing the complete opposite of the goal of the trip. We had, a, I would say, a couple hours of yeah. conflict, yeah. maybe even a few. <laughs> yeah. But I had to be like, I had to realize, hey, this, this, I need to take ownership of this. And I came to you and was like, I'm sorry. Will you forgive me? <laughs> Listen yeah. to episode eight, I think, where we talked about that. But just reconciling. And mostly it was a big um, reality check for me to be like, okay, wait, I literally came on this trip to enjoy time with my husband. I cannot let not seeing everything I can possibly see in the cities we're in get in the way of enjoying time with him. And so I feel like that was a, that was kind of an ugly day for us. But once I dropped that and reconciled with you, it was pretty smooth sailing after that, right? Yeah, I think we were able to make the best of it. And it ended up that what we had to do is we kind of wanted to go out and then come back and shower and then go on the night train. But we ended up just like dragging our suitcases (laughs) around the entire city. So I'm just like you because you were a good husband and you dragged our suitcases. Yeah, so there's a lot of suitcases. This is not an ad for away suitcases, but they held up very well on those. Yeah, like there's some serious cobblestone streets and it's so obnoxious like (laughs) and all these people all these parisians are like oh dang tourists right because we're like (laughs) tourists and we're like running from thing to thing to see we we missed one bakery on your list we did and i'm i'm not gonna lie i'm disappointed because i know that was the place that was gonna have my croissants (laughs) i I ended up getting one in rome which we'll revisit later but uh you know it is what it is so that I again. So like, that was our that was those, the worst. that like twenty four hour period was not fun. Was the low period it was of our trip right? But then we went on a night train, which was its whole own thing, and we that arrived in awesome. Nice. We had a great time in Nice. Although we will say we both said I feel like 
we were underwhelmed by the French Riviera. Yeah. Which is kind of sad. Amalfi Coast in Italy over French Riviera. Way better. Yeah, for sure. Do we have other stories from... I mean, we have so many stories, but like, what's what's worth telling that didn't make the vlogs? (gasps) Oh, I was going to say, you know what, in Positano. Yes. So we got to talk about our honeymoon and... Molly is gluten-free. And so if you don't know that, that's a huge part of her story. Yeah, I have celiac disease. It is not an option for me. Traveling abroad can be very stressful, which is why I have to be extra prepared by doing a lot of research and knowing where I can eat. And so, well, first of all, Italy is like a literal gluten-free oasis. If if you didn't know, it's like incredible. Has it always been like that? Yes. Uh, I mean, more like... What am I trying to say? I don't think it's always been like that, but they're definitely ahead of the curve from they're, America. They're like way, way ahead, ahead of, of the, the curve. curve. And so on our honeymoon, which was six years ago, like especially around us, there was very limited gluten-free options. Yeah, because it's a lot easier in the big cities like Florence and Rome. There's like basically every restaurant has gluten-free options. Yeah, like it's so a lot easy of gluten- in the Especially this cities. time there's a lot of gluten-free right. But in the small villages like Positano, there aren't as many options. Yeah. And so we but. just come from Greece <laughs> and we're like, there is a gluten-free place here that we have to go try. And we went and we had the best pizza of, of our, our lives. entire lives. Like not an exaggeration. It was out of this world. So amazing. It's We got my favorite kind of pizza, which you hear called a bunch of different things, but it's no tomato sauce. But you do mozzarella and you do prosciutto and arugula and parmesan, like fresh shaved parmesan. And it's all about the balanced flavors and it's all about the ingredients being like quality, right? Like that's what makes the difference. And at this restaurant, the ingredients were like insane. The the bread was like actually doughy. The crust was doughy because in the at this point. Now, again, it's been six years and gluten-free food has improved a lot. Nowadays, it's a lot easier to find this kind of like doughy gluten-free crust. But at the time, the only gluten-free pizza crust you ever got was like rock Rock hard. hard. Yeah, Yeah, it was like cracker. This place was like, oh my gosh. It was insane to the point where we ate there twice. And then literally for the last six years, we just talk about like El Forneo. Yeah. So the name of the restaurant is El Forneo. So we'd be like, El Forneo, (laughs) like dreaming dreaming of this pizza. About this pizza because it's so good. Yeah. So the whole time we're going through France, we're like, and then even in, because we went to Florence before Positano. So even in Florence, I was like, I was like eating pastas and stuff, but I was like, I'm going to save the pizza for, for El Forneo. Yeah. And so we we um you know take a train from florence down to naples and then drive in a car all the way down to positano um we go walk down like a million steps to our place (laughs) drop our stuff off and we're like we're starving starving at this point let's like we want to do el forneo a few times because this is our favorite restaurant so let's go straight there right Right there like Like, first thing we're doing let's go straight there and so of course like we you know this is cliff cliff village and so we like hike up the cliff all the way to the restaurant and it's like pretty this one this restaurant's actually pretty high up um and so we get there and we're like yes like we remember this we love it so beautiful we sit down um and we, we're looking through their pizza and we, we find our pizza and we're like all right like this wait i just forgot 
we had to go twice because when we first went, it was like 3 p.m. and they weren't open. Oh my gosh, you're right. So we're like, oh no, El Fornillo isn't open. And we're like, bummer. But the pizza is going to be amazing when we come for dinner. Yeah. So we so we went We like showed else. up. Yeah, we like went and got There's only snack. like a couple restaurants open at that hour because they're Europe and they do siestas as they should. And so we got something else, but we then we went back yeah. like four we hours like, later. Yeah, as soon like dinner opened at <laughs> six and we were there at six yeah. and we're like, there's our pizza. Give it to us. Yeah. Like, so we we're sat down. So excited. Yeah. We sit down. We like hardly even look at the menu because we know what we want. And then we go to order and I'm like ordering the whatever the name of what the pizza they called. And then I say like Senza Glutine. And he's like, oh, no, no, no. I'm like, yeah, what? And he's like, oh, no. <laughs> they basically they don't have gluten free pizza anymore. After COVID, they got rid of gluten free pizza. <laughs> yeah, he's trying it to. Sound, it sounded like their supplier like no longer made the dough for them or something right. after COVID, and we were <laughs> devastated. We're so devastated, y'all. This sounds ridiculous, but we were like literally so excited for this pizza, and we have talked about it for the last six yeah, years. This was like our pizza dreams. <laughs> and we just get there, crushed. and we're like what and i'm not exaggerating when he say when he said they didn't have pizza i like was trying not to cry mostly just because we were so starving and then we i was like so i was disappointed yeah. the sad thing is then they not only did they not have gluten-free pizza they did not have very many gluten-free items on their menu right so we ordered a steak and it was not good it, it was it like was bad it was not good <laughs> i'm not gonna say it was mediocre it was kind of bad <laughs> so it's just one of those moments where you're like really like this is just such a disappointment. yeah it, it was a huge disappointment yeah we were sad so that was that was definitely a failure um i will say we redeemed ourselves we had amazing pizza in italy still oh yeah in florence and rome the pizza was outrageously good outrageous i will have if anyone listening can relate to these gluten-free woes i will have entire travel guides and food gluten-free guides on my blog if you want them because we got all the deets for you don't worry we still had amazing gluten-free food we just uh didn't have it <laughs> at el Fornio. yeah and then maybe like the funniest experience that we had on the entire trip oh which story are you gonna tell um so uh, was this our last night in positano when we were on the beach oh was it you your birthday to... or was it the last night i don't remember yeah, uh, it was my birthday. Yeah, we went and we ate dinner, and then we went and got gelato because naturally you, every night you need gelato when you're in Italy, literally. And so we both got gelato, and then we walked down to the beach, and the waves are like lightly crashing, and it's on like a little pebble beach, so it's really cool. And we're sitting there, and you know we're just enjoying some quality time together, um, just having conversation, and then like this little cute dog start mm -hmm. like it's kind of like walking and like pawing along the water and we're you know we we love dogs and so well first of all i thought he belonged to the people who sat down a little bit like right. next to us like we were the only ones on the beach and then this couple sat down like a little far away from us but the dog, the dog came around up. the same time so it was yeah. like oh it's their dog because Positano has a ton of stray cats but they don't have that many stray dogs i didn't see any stray dogs yeah so we assumed it was someone's dog yeah and so this dog's like walking and kind of like pawing at some of the the <laughs> stones and pebbles there. And then like he kind of like walks up to us and we kind of like say hi to him. 
and he just like looks at Molly <laughs> and gives her like the saddest puppy eyes and then like without like any prompting he just like comes and curls up in Molly's lap like literally as tight as he could get right in my lap like I hadn't even touched him at this point he was just like I see you look safe I'm gonna come I choose get you some love yeah and it was And he's like sitting there, like shaking and shivering. (laughs) And if anyone knows Molly, like has like the biggest heart. She's like, "Oh, come here, baby. (laughs) Let me let me take care of you." you Yeah. And so you know, I'm just over here eating my ice cream while Molly and this dog are really (laughs) connecting. (laughs) And um, like we're like getting ready to go. We're kind of like, like, what do we do? Like this dog is still here. He like wouldn't leave my lap, and he wouldn't leave your lap. And so I think we kind of like tried to like nudge him out of your lap. <laughs> Maybe I was doing that. Uh, and so like the dog like kind of gets up and like slowly kind of goes back down to the edge of the water. And, you know, he's like really, really pawned. Yeah. We're like, at, what is he doing? At the rocks. And like, you know, he's down there for like. We're trying to like get up and walk away. Yeah. We're, get, we're getting like all of our stuff situated yeah. to get up and go back. And he comes back to Molly and drops like this stone that he had picked up and brought over in his <laughs> mouth and like dropped it and just looked up at molly and so molly was proposed to by a dog <laughs> trying to give her a rock yeah you said well, at first we're like oh he was just trying to give me a gift and you're like he gave you a rock it yeah. was a rock he was proposing that was a proposal <laughs> he literally went over it like this is not an exaggeration he was like it was like he chose that rock like he was looking through the rocks and he picked this yeah, one out that, that especially was, yeah like I had your ring like special created. He specially chose that rock for you. That's right. It was really cute. Man, we have, I'm sure have other stories. I feel like those those were the big disasters. Yeah, I feel like those were kind of like the the random things that happened. I feel like a lot What of... were what was your favorite part of the trip or like your favorite moment? I thought probably the most unique experience is we did like an organic wine farm tour yes. and then we like made pasta and we uh, we made ravioli and then we made tor- tortellini yeah is that what it's called okay yeah. um yeah and that, that was something we really enjoyed yeah so. that was super cool cool because it wasn't just a winery tour or a pasta class it was both and like a farm tour and it, this place was awesome yeah, wait, wait. we need to like talk about how awesome I was because we were, we did oh a <laughs> we did a wine tasting there, and so they brought us out a bunch of wine, and I'm pretty much a wine expert, right? Like we guys, we know nothing about. We know wine. nothing about like, wine. We know that we like cabs because we like drier, less sweet wines. Like yeah. that's the most that we. Know. Yeah, that's about like <laughs> all we know. And so they bring us the first wine and then they're like, so like what, what scents and uh, tones are you getting? Whatever they call it, right? <laughs> like, I don't even know what you call it. And then there was like a couple of like super experienced wine drinkers there who are like, mm, I just like sense the breeze and, you know, like, all, all like this weird stuff that you're like, like no one talks like that. Like, why do people say weird stuff when they taste wine? and then they bring out the next one and then they ask that and I, they're like what do you taste yes what fruits you taste. yeah what what like what fruit flavors do you taste and i was kind of like it tastes like cherries <laughs> and then like but i said it like really quietly to molly and then like it was kind of quiet and then like we're like it kind of tastes like cherries and then like they said it tastes like cherries and i was like oh my gosh so i'm a wine expert now <laughs> yeah. you went the rest of the trip being like a wine expert the 
I mean, the part of that story that we don't tell is the next three wines that when they asked what I tasted, it was always cherries. Yeah. You said cherry for everyone. You were hoping they would be a repeat. I mean, it, it tasted. They like, all tasted the same. Yeah, they kind of had a <laughs> maybe like some slight differences, but yeah, we I don't yeah. have that refined taste. Yeah, we don't at all. But we really enjoyed that. I feel like for me, when I think of some of my favorite moments of the trip, this sounds so lame probably, but one of my favorite moments was in Paris when we like laid in the park outside the Louvre. Oh yeah, that was pretty fun. I don't know why. Like it's funny how those simple moments, it's not even like the big things we did, but just like literally laying in a park, like in the grass with you, just like in the middle of Paris and this beautiful day of adventure, but just like taking a moment and like I think it was probably because my feet were speaking because I had so many blisters after like 15 miles a day. I know. You're like, I need a break. Yeah. But no, like as funny as it sounds, like that little moment like sticks out in my mind. I mean, we did so many great things. We did a gondola tour in Venice. Yeah. That, that was cool. It's what everyone does, but it was actually pretty cool. Yeah. You got to when you're there. You have to. I mean, we ate so well. We ate so much food. Well, I don't know. I would. I don't feel like we ate that much because we shared a lot of food. Oh yeah, that's that's something that we always do. I want to hit up all the cool restaurants. So we love to share like entrees at places, like just share a small meal. Which, by the way, I think waiters hate us everywhere we go because we don't order alcohol and we share an entree and we like hardly get appetizers or desserts. So we're just like a one dish. Yeah, where there's like couple. people with like bottle like ordering all these drinks yeah yeah i I think my takeaway probably overall was just probably food related too because i Mm. mean a lot of the experience over there is food i bet they can't hear that our dogs barking i don't think they can hear okay they can't hear that (laughs) we can hear it yeah um going the right way for a smack bottom over there um your shrek references i know i've had a lot of shrek if you guys watch the paris vlog you know the shrek reference i might be scared of heights (laughs) As you'll see in the video. As you'll see in the vlog. Just like food over there, it's all unique. Like yes. this food came from this farm, you know, just down the road is always kind of what it is. And for example, like mozzarella cheese, like when we think of that as Americans, we're like, well, it all tastes the same. But over there, there's like 50,000 different types of mozzarella, depending on where the cows were raised, mm-hmm. what they were fed how long they kept the cheese alive like i didn't even know there's things like living cheese and so just like realizing you know how like just the whole process of food is very interesting. totally and i've always been like a foodie and a food appreciator especially because i took like culinary classes in my nutrition degree so that's not new for me but i that's always a reminder when i go there one thing i really loved in our wine and cheese class in paris our sommelier that's how you say it right Chef Alex? Yeah, Chef Alex. He's a sommelier. He talked a lot just about like French culture around food and their appreciation of food. Um, One thing I thought was super cool is that when obviously we all know big French baguettes, a lot of times they eat French bread with their meals, but they never cut bread. They only break it with their hands because it represents the body of Christ. So they break it instead of cutting it, which is cool. And then they never put it on their plate because yes. it's set apart. Yeah, because the it, it, they it, see it as like sacred. So they, you don't set it like on your plate with food. It goes off your plate. Yeah. Which is interesting. Yeah. But he just talked so much. One thing. Okay. One thing that was cool was when they host dinner parties, you don't sit next to your spouse. 
they like yeah at a dinner party you purposefully mix like and you don't sit with your spouse so that you're you have mingling with other people yeah, yeah which i think is super cool oh he also said if you're like eating alone at a cafe someone will like come eat with you because it, in their culture it's like really sad to eat alone because they truly see food as a social experience like and that's why they have like five-hour meals that's also what he talked about why they have so many courses because if you're gonna have a three or four hour dinner like you don't just want to eat like one big plate of food you're gonna like break it up and so you have one course and you taste something and then you wait 30 minutes and you have another course but just how he really talked about their like appreciation of food it's it really is it's so cool and i mean we forgot one of the funniest parts was he taught us how to taste wine and like (laughs) how you're supposed to like swirl it around your mouth and then aerate it and then like sniff it and all these things so then you know of course i just learned this so everywhere we go i'm like an idiot just like (laughs) bubbling wine in my mouth making all kinds of weird i can't even do it because i'm laughing so hard at you yeah you you, like literally can't do it i I don't it's so easy i don't i don't understand you yeah but yeah, the pace of life in Europe is my favorite. Like they don't rush through life. Like they they really do have a slower pace. They take siestas in the middle of the day. Um, they go to work at like 10 or 11 a.m. They don't start early in the morning like we do. They hang out in the park. Like there's just, it's such a different vibe. I also love walking a lot. Yeah, we, we love the walking. We love the walking. Especially when you're eating gelato and pasta and pizza, but you're walking 20,000 steps. You like don't even feel it. Yeah. (laughs) Overall, I would say, I mean, the trip was incredible for what we did and what we saw, but also just like for our experiences together. And I feel like we came back not like physically refreshed, but very refreshed, especially in our marriage, just feeling really connected, um, really in line with like our vision for our life and what we're working towards. And I think it just kind of always helps to like reset those values. And again, like not just three weeks in Europe, but even a night away at a staycation. Like we, we, we like this rhythm and this priority in our marriage because of what it does for us. So we hope you enjoyed hearing some of our more hilarious stories from the trip. We also had lots of magical and romantic and beautiful moments. More of those were captured in the vlogs. <laughs> you guys got the the funnier yeah, stories here I on like the podcast. <laughs> yeah, they did not get captured. Again, like we didn't share this just to recap for our own memories, but hopefully as an encouragement to y'all listening, if you're married, find ways to prioritize experiences together, whatever that means to you. Because man, like it really is. It's It does so much for us in, in our marriage. So thanks y'all for listening. We hope you enjoyed uh, some of these crazy stories. If you want to see some of the vlogs or the travel guides, what we did, all of that is on my YouTube channel and on my blog, on my blog, B, not V. And so stay tuned for next week's episode. We'll see you guys next week. Bye y'all. Thanks so much for hanging out with us for another episode of Let's Get Naughty. Remember to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And if you want more encouragement, join us on Instagram and YouTube at Knotted Marriage to check out all the other resources we have to help you build a tighter marriage. If this conversation encouraged you in any way, please consider leaving us a review on whatever platform you're listening and posting a screenshot on social media. That support means more than you know and really helps us reach more couples. 
We'll see you for next week's episode. Go get naughty.